this time let's turn to Daniel and we will stand as we turn to Daniel chapter 9 and this is a prayer of Daniel as we'll start reading in verse 1 if you're able let's stand together to give honor to God and to his holy word Daniel 9 verse 1 in the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus of Media, of Median descent, who was made king over the kingdom of the Chaldeans in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, observed in the, in the books the number of the years which was revealed as the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet for the completion of the desolations of Jerusalem, namely, 70 years. So I gave my attention to the Lord to seek him by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed and said, Alas, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant and loving kindness for those who love him and keep his commandments. We have sinned, committed iniquity, acted wickedly and rebelled, even turning aside from your commandments and ordinances. Moreover, we have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, our fathers, and all the people of the land. Righteousness belongs to you, O Lord, but to us open shame as it is this day, to the men of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and all Israel, those who are nearby and those who are far away in all countries to which you have driven them because of their unfaithful deeds which they have committed against you. Open shame belongs to us, O Lord, to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belong compassion and forgiveness, for we have rebelled against him, nor have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his teachings, which he set before us through the servants, through his servants, the prophets. Indeed, all Israel transgressed your law and turned aside, not obeying your voice. So the curse has been poured out on us, along with the oath which was written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, for we have sinned against him. Thus he has confirmed his words which he had spoken against us and against our rulers who ruled us to bring us great calamity. For under the whole heaven there has not been anything like what has been done to Jerusalem. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this a calamity has come upon us, yet we have sought the favor of the Lord our God by turning from our iniquity and giving attention to your truth. Therefore, the Lord has kept the calamity in store and brought it on us. For the Lord our God is righteous with respect to all his deeds which he has done, but we have not obeyed his voice. And now, O Lord, our God, who have brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand 
and have made a name for yourself as it is this day, we have sinned. We have been wicked. O Lord, in accordance with all your righteous acts, let now your anger and your wrath turn away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain. For because of our sins and the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people have become a reproach to those, to all those around us. So now, our God, listen to the prayer of your servant and to his supplications. And for your sake, O Lord, let your face shine on your desolate sanctuary. O my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations and the city which is called by your name. For we have for we are not presenting our supplications before you on account of any merits of our own, but on account of your great compassion. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, listen and take action for your own sake. O my God, do not delay because your city and your people are called by your name. Let's pray. We ask our glorious Lord that you would work in us a heart of humility and a heart of worship that we would give you the praise and adoration and that we would come before you in the same fashion as this holy servant of yours, even Daniel. Help us, we pray, for we ask these things in the name of Jesus our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> How are we to learn how to pray? We can learn from other Christians in as far as they pray in accordance with Scripture. Now, when I was a very baby Christian living in North Louisiana, and I went to a prayer meeting, I never forgot the amazing way in which one of the people in this prayer meeting prayed. And they prayed something like this. O Lord our God, we pray that our pastor would fear you and not men. That was an amazing revelation to me because that was the first time I realized that was the answer to fearing men. When you're anxious and you, you want to be a people pleaser and and everybody, you're trying to live your life to please everyone else, the answer is the fear of God. It was amazing. Later on, I came to read the Bible, and then I read Matthew 10, 28, which says, Do not fear those who can kill the body, but fear him who is able to destroy both body and soul in hell. Well, I was like, wow, you know, they must have gotten that prayer from passages like that, but also elsewhere. Now, so again, the main way we learn how to pray, again, I believe, is found in Holy Scripture. The Westminster Shorter Catechism, number 99, says this, The whole Word of God is of use to direct us in prayer, but the special rule, that's like the preeminent rule of directing us in prayer, is taught by Christ to his apostles, namely called the Lord's Prayer, commonly called the Lord's Prayer. Again, that's the special rule. But again, keep in mind, Short Catechism 99, the whole 
of the Word of God. All of it is to instruct us how we ought to pray. And what an amazing lesson we have here on ways in which we ought to pray found in Daniel 9. I don't know if you caught some of that, but when, you, when, you're, when you're reading that passage, you're thinking, man, you know, man, if I could pray like Daniel, that'd be something, isn't it? A beautiful and amazing, profound prayer we have here. It's a model prayer for us in many ways. But before we get that um, into that prayer, I want us to go a little, over a little bit of context. The reason this prayer is here and the reason the people of God are even in a foreign land in the first place is because at the very beginning of the book of Daniel, chapter 1, they were taken into captivity under Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel and his young companions. And later on, Daniel's, throughout this entire book of Daniel, Daniel's a very old man by the end of the book. But why were they taken captive in the first place? Before the southern kingdom, Judah, was taken captive by Nebuchadnezzar, the northern kingdom, Israel, was taken captive by Assyria. And the whole reason for that, and the whole reason for why this prayer is here, is found in Leviticus 26. Let's turn back to Leviticus 26. We're not going to read all of Leviticus 26, but we're going to read some of it. Okay, Leviticus 26. We're going to start at verse 1. I'm going to be skipping around a bit to get the, the, the grasp of it. This, uh, this is similar to some passages in Deuteronomy regarding blessing and cursing, okay? All right, verse 1. You shall not make for yourself idols, nor shall you set up for yourself an image on a sacred pillar, nor shall you place a figured, that is a, a stone with a, like a figurine, in your land to bow down to it. For I, the Lord your God, for I am the Lord your God, you shall keep my Sabbaths and revere my sanctuary. I am the Lord. Now from verse 3 to verse 13, most of that is blessings. If you obey and heed my voice, you will have blessings. But look at verse 14, the penalties for disobedience. Verse 14. But if you do not obey me and do not carry out all these commandments, if instead you reject my statutes, and if your soul abhors my ordinances so as not to carry out all my commandments, and so break my covenant, I in turn will do this to you. He starts talking about some of the curses that's going to happen to them before the big one. And the ultimate then comes later on in verse 31. Skip aside there to 31. If you won't heed, I will lay waste to your cities as well and will make your sanctuaries desolate. And I will not smell your soothing aromas. That's the incense offered in the sanctuary. I will make the land desolate so that your enemies who settle in it will be appalled over it. 
You, however, I will scatter among the nations and will draw out a sword after you as your land becomes desolate and your cities become waste. Then the land will enjoy its Sabbaths, its rest, all the days of the desolation while you are in your enemy's land. Then the land will rest and enjoy its Sabbaths. Okay, so they're, they're promised that if they don't heed God's word, they're going to be brought to captivity. They, the land's going to remain desolate. The sanctuary's going to remain desolate. And that's what happened. While Daniel's in captivity, the sanctuary it, well, actually was destroyed, actually. But uh, skip down to verse 40. And this is why Daniel's praying. Daniel's praying in accordance with this. If they confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their forefathers in their unfaithfulness which they committed against me and also in all their acting with hostility against me, I also was acting with hostility against them to bring them into the land of their enemies. Or if their uncircumcised heart becomes humbled so that they then make amends for their iniquity, then... I will remember my covenant with Jacob, and I will remember also my covenant with Isaac and my covenant with Abraham as well, and I will remember the land. Okay? He's promising if they ask and they confess their sin, then God will remember them, his covenant people, because of the patriarchs, and he will also remember the land. All right, let's get back to Daniel. Okay. Verse 3. Daniel gave attention to the Lord to seek him by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. He humbled himself. And again, there are times when praying and humbling oneself and even fasting is very important. And in the midst of Daniel humbling himself, I believe the Holy Spirit allows him, guides him to pray the prayer of confession that is a fulfillment of what's mentioned here in Leviticus 26. Israel in exile, and because of sin and idolatry, they confessed their sins, and then even through Daniel, who's acting could say as a mediator between the people and between God and that is the main focus of what Daniel's praying here in chapter 9. We're going to see this in two main points of Daniel's prayer here. Daniel's prayer for confession and Daniel's prayer for mercy. Let's look at this first main point, Daniel's prayer for confession. He starts off and says this in verse 4. Alas, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant and loving kindness for those who love him and keep his commandments. This is reminiscent of that beautiful acronym. I don't know if you've heard this before, but it's, a, it's one of my favorite acronyms for prayer. I'm not always the best at always using it, but it's, it's an excellent one. A-C-T-S. Instead of always going into prayer and beginning with your list of what you want, you always start off with 
A. Adoration. A. C. Confession. Thanksgiving and then supplication. A. C. T. S. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. So again, even though he's praying a prayer of confession with some petitions at the end, he starts off with giving God adoration. O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant and loving kindness. You are a promise-keeping God. You keep covenant. You are a God who can be trusted and that you are a loving God, especially for those who keep your commandments. So he begins with adoration. We see the same pattern in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You start off with adoring God for who he is. Same, same pattern. See, Scripture follows the same pattern because it's the same Holy Spirit. It's the same God who's given us all this Holy Scripture. But then look at his confession, starting in verse 5. We have sinned, committed iniquity, acted wickedly, and rebelled, even turning aside from your commandments and ordinances. Moreover, we have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, our fathers, and all the people of the land. Okay, could we pray that prayer for our, our church? Uh, I mean, what I mean is the church here in the United States. For God's people in this land, can we pray, Lord, we pray that you would forgive the people of this land who've committed iniquity, who've acted wickedly, who've rebelled and turned aside. Yeah, I I think we can. Can we pray and ask God's forgiveness for those who have refused to hear, not the prophets, but those who speak God's word? I think we can pray that prayer for our land as well. Forgive us for those who have not cared to listen. Forgive us for those who have ignored those who bring the word. But this next portion in his confession is marked by an amazing humility. Something that we should have when we approach God. Verse 7. Righteousness belongs to you. Because God is righteous, but to us, open shame, as it is this day, to the men of, of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and all Israel. Okay, so you notice that Daniel here is not just praying for one kingdom. He's praying for the northern and the southern kingdom. He's praying for both Israel and Judah, who have all been taken captive. Um, he says, also, for those who are nearby and, and those who are far away in all the countries which you have driven them, because of their unfaithful deeds which they have committed against you. Again, this humility. Open shame belongs to us, O Lord, to our kings, our princes, our fathers, because we have sinned against you. He's praying not just for himself. He's praying for their nation. He's praying for their rulers. He's praying for the fathers. He's praying for all the people of the land. And some of the language next, I believe, is language that we should try to learn and memorize because it's, it's things that we should pray for. We should pray using some of the language found here in this prayer, especially this. To the Lord our God, Belong compassion and forgiveness. 
Daniel saying, To the Lord our God belongs compassion and forgiveness. We should pray that in our prayers. To you, O Lord, hear our prayers because to you belongs compassion and forgiveness. Now, Daniel saw the coming of the Son of Man who would come and deliver, will come through the clouds and meet the Ancient of Days. And the Ancient of Days, who I believe is the Father, would then give the kingdom to the Son of Man. So Daniel looked and saw the Messiah in types and shadows, but didn't really understand him. But think about this. What about us? What do we know? What do we know about God who belongs compassion and forgiveness? Don't you think we understand God's compassion and forgiveness in a greater measure through what he's done through Jesus Christ? As amazing and as wonderful, blessed, and godly as this Daniel is, Daniel looked forward to Jesus, yet didn't see, he looked forward to the Messiah, yet didn't see him. But we see the fullness of God's compassion and forgiveness through Christ. Keep your place in Daniel, but turn to Matthew 13. Matthew 13, starting verse 16. Jesus says this, Blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For truly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. One of those prophets and righteous men was Daniel. Daniel wanted, he desired to see what we see in Christ. Daniel sought to hear the words of the Messiah, but yet did not hear them. But to us, we've been given the words of Christ in the New Testament. Isn't that amazing that we have been given even a greater understanding of God's compassion and forgiveness according to verse 9. This uh, prayer of confession continues in verse 9 after the beginning there. It says, For we have rebelled against him, nor have we obeyed the voice of our Lord to walk in his teachings which he set before us through his servants the prophets. Indeed, all Israel has transgressed your law and turned aside not obeying your voice, so the curse has been poured out on us, along with the oath which was written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, for we have sinned against him. Thus he has confirmed his words which he spoke against us and against our rulers who ruled us to bring on us great calamity. For under the whole earth there has not been done anything like what has been done to Jerusalem, as it is written in the law of Moses. What law of Moses? Leviticus 26, which we read earlier. All this calamity has come upon us, yet we have not sought the favor of the Lord our God by turning from our iniquity and giving attention to your, to your truth. 
Therefore, the Lord has kept the calamity in store and brought it on us. For the Lord, our God, is righteous with respect to all his deeds which he has done, but we have not obeyed his voice. Now, some might say, for God to allow a siege, for God to allow this foreign power to come in, and that many families, many women and children, and many, many people died in the siege of Jerusalem and in the siege of the northern kingdom. But God was righteous. He was righteous in respect to all his deeds which he has done. Remember that. Don't say, well, bad things happened to me. And but God's not right in what I'm, I'm angry at God. I've, I've met people who felt that way. They were angry with God for what happened to them and to their families. You know what? Maybe it's a good verse to show them. God is righteous with respect to all his deeds which he has done. Even in our lives, those things that have happened to us. So God brings his blessings for obedience, but then turns calamity upon those who transgress him. And that goes for America as well. If America obeys the voice of God, if they seek the Lord, if they seek to worship him and love him and serve him, he gives blessings. The blessings are promised for those who seek his face. But if we turn from him, he brings calamity as well. Verse 15. And now, our Lord, our God, we have brought your people, I'm um, sorry, and now, O Lord, who have brought your people out of uh, the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and have made a name for yourself as it is this day, we have sinned. We have been wicked. That ends his kind of extensive prayer of confession. And then he moves on and asks God, consider my confession, O God, consider our confession, because he's not just praying for himself, he's praying on behalf of all the people of God. He then moves on to then seek God in this prayer for God's mercy, starting in verse 16. O Lord, in accordance with all your righteous acts, let now your anger and your wrath turn away from your city Jerusalem, your holy mountain. For because of our sins and the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people have become a reproach to all those around us. Here, Daniel's praying for God to turn away his wrath. One of the most beautiful words, I believe, in all of the Bible, and you might say, oh, it's a complex theological word, but it's found in Scripture, is the word propitiation. Propitiation means a sacrifice that turns away wrath. That's, what, that's who Jesus is. Jesus is our propitiation, the turning away of the wrath of God due for us. 
he asks here, he says, Lord, in your anger, turn your wrath away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain. He's praying that God would then restore the promised land to his people. Um, that people to be returning to the promised land that was promised to them all the way back in, from the days of Abraham and was given to them after they had left Egypt and spent those 40 years in the, in the wilderness and then had been given the promised land unto Joshua. But he, he's praying that God would then allow them to return to the promised land and to, to again return to have worship there. Now, this next portion, starting in verse 17, I find it's probably some of the most bold prayers found in all of Scripture. He says in verse 17, So now, our God, listen to the prayer of your servant and to his supplications, and for your sake, O Lord, let your face shine upon your desolate sanctuary. O my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations and the city which is called by your name. He's saying, O Lord, let your face shine. Hear us. Open your eyes and see what we're going through. Open your eyes and see our desolation and answer our prayer. Now, you might say this seems like he's commanding God, but he is approaching God, we could say, with humility when he comes before him. But you can have both humility and boldness, and he's praying according to those who are called by his name. Verse 18 and following talks about the reason why we ought to ask God to answer our prayers is not for us. It's not for our glory. It's not because we're deserving, but because of God's glory and not because of our merit. Look at verse 18. For we are not presenting our supplications before you on account of any merits of our own, but on account of your great compassion. O oh Lord, hear. O oh Lord, forgive. O oh Lord, listen and take action. Again, that bold language. For your own sake, O oh my God, do not delay, because your city and your people are called by your name. Okay. Why is he so bold? I think the beginning of his boldness starts at the beginning of the chapter. He mentions the prophecy through Jeremiah. And he says that this, he's talking about the 70 years of the desolations for Jerusalem. Daniel knows that the time for the desolation is coming to an end. So he's, he's saying, Lord, you've chastised us. You've disciplined us. It's getting to be about time. 
Have mercy on us. Let us go back to the land you've promised. Remember the word that you spoke to Moses, Leviticus 26, that if we confessed our sins, you would allow us and that you would remember your land and that you would remember the people of your covenant and that you would allow us again to go back. So Daniel's prayer here is answered. This is a preview for the sermon for next Lord's Day. His prayer is answered by Gabriel, the angel, then coming to him and giving him an answer. So God hears his prayer. The fact that God answers him through the angel, Gabriel thinks that this prayer has been approved by the Lord. And he sent Gabriel, who will then tell about the coming Messiah. Daniel's praying for the restoration of Jerusalem. God's, he's asking for God's favor upon the Jewish people in the promised land. But the answer God gives is not just for Jerusalem, mercy upon just Jerusalem. It's going to be mercy that extends to every tribe, tongue, and nation through the Holy Messiah. Daniel prays for mercy for his people, the people called according to his name, and the answer to this prayer comes in the Holy Messiah. That is the answer of not only for his need and the need of his people, but for ours as well. God, and we'll see that next time, that glorious answer given by the angel Gabriel. So again, Daniel's prayer of confession starts with adoration. Don't just go and pray to God, but give him praise. Give him praise even before you confess your sins. So again, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. That's a beautiful acronym for prayer. And then keep things in that right order. So then after his prayer of confession, he then prays for mercy. God hears his mercy and answers in a way even above and beyond what Daniel expected. And we have seen the fullness of that answer in the person and work of Jesus Christ, that holy Messiah given unto us as mercy, not just for Jerusalem, but for us as well, the Gentile as well. Let's give God praise. Let's pray together. We thank you, our glorious Lord. We thank you for your loving kindness and your compassion, that you are a holy and wise and merciful God. We give thanks to you that you are a God who is to be worshipped because you are great and awesome and that you keep your covenant and your loving kindness for those who love you, especially for those who have come to you through the perfect work of Jesus Christ and his sacrificial death. Help us, we pray, to learn to pray like Daniel in a humble way of confessing our sin, yet also in a way of boldly seeking your blessing. Hear our prayers, O Lord. Open your eyes and see our need and work in our hearts that we might have that faith of 
those who trust in Jesus as our only way of salvation. Work mightily in us and extend your mercy through your blessed and holy Son. We thank you that you have opened our eyes to see those things which even Daniel longed for, even Jesus Christ our Lord. Bless us, we pray, and help us to receive and believe and bring forth much fruit through this your holy word. For we ask it all in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. It's time for our closing hymn. Let's turn to 441, and we'll stand and sing 441, Jesus Sinners Doth Receive. Let's stand.